Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today we talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. We give a complete spoiler breakdown of this movie, and we talk about the future of the MCU. We talk about Mysterio, Tom Holland, the post credit scenes that are sweeping the nation, and then we give our top 10 list of MCU movies after Spider-Man and top 5 Spider-Man movies. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. We are here today uh, with three Infinity Bros, myself, Max Mosier, and then uh, Mark Jones. Welcome, Infinity Bros universe. I like how you have coined the listeners is the Infinity Bros universe, Mark. If we make t-shirts, that will be on one for sure. You're welcome. Maybe everyone. Everyone's included in the Infinity Bros universe. No one's excluded. No one's excluded here. No one is. Um, speaking of people that aren't excluded, we have Isaac Edland. Hello. Isaac, I am. I don't think I've ever been more excited out of our small, short 13-episode slate that we have. This is episode 13. To record an episode with you, this is the one I've been most looking forward to. We've been working our schedules around because July 4th came. Um, stuff happened in specific people's families. It's just been crazy kind of two weeks. And one of my non-negotiables I said was, we are not recording without Isaac Edland. Um, big deal. I very much appreciate that because I would be very, very sad if I missed out on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You had a pretty amazing uh, week last week. You, uh, your wife finally, finally had a baby. Yes, she did. We had a our second daughter last Monday. Her name is Solvi, and she's beautiful. And I was already weak in the knees for my first daughter. And the second one is going to be a week old tomorrow. She's already got me wrapped around her little finger. So fantastic. So yep, it's going to be it's going to be a rough uh, eighteen years in the house here at the Edlin household. I'm I'm going to be like crying at every single movie. Um, you know, just teaching my girls how to be emotional. It's going to be great. I won't have to do that with any of my future children because I'm so emotional already that I just feel bad for any children I have. <laughs> I feel bad for them too, Mark, so it's fine. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, Isaac, you, you're on uh, paternity leave right now. How is paternity leave treating you? It is fantastic. My wife is like 100 times happier now that she's not pregnant anymore. So she's happy. I'm happy I don't have to go to work. I'm playing video games like, you know, a ton and just chilling with my daughters. It's like the best time ever. So I'm having a great Brilliant. couple of weeks. Good for you, man. Good for you. Soak it up. Eat it up. Enjoy the time. Mm-hmm. Because work's going to come back real quick. Real, real quick. Unfortunately. Mark, how was your July 4th, man? I was pretty pretty lit. Spent most you know most of the time on a plane going to Arizona for a wedding. How it was for for our friend Elliot. Yeah, Elliot Weens got married. Congrats, Elliot! Way to go. Yeah how how was the wedding? Um, it was really great, and the reception was even even better. Uh, 
we got the witness Robert Smarnick ask a, a woman of his age to, to dance with him. Wow. Did she say yes? She did. She got up and danced with him. Impressive. Very good. It's shocking, I know. And that might be shocking to most of the uh, Infinity Bros universe, but it happened. Yeah, the Infinity Bros universe needs to know that Rob from Montana danced with a girl. That he asked to dance with her. That's, I mean, that's initiative. Great job, Robert. Way to go. Good on you, Robert. Good on you. Well, you probably saw in our title that this is a Spider-Man Far From Home related episode. We are talking all things Spider-Man top to bottom. This episode will be filled with extreme spoilers. All spoilers. We will be spoiling this movie up and down the entire episode. Extreme! So if this is your first time listening to our show, we want to give you a spoiler warning right now. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. (laughs) Warning. This also may be your first time listening to us, and we're going to use a specific rating scale to measure and rate our uh, ideas and thoughts of this movie. So if this is your first time listening to us, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. We're going to put the bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. All right, we got it. Here we go. Buckle in. Here we go. It's been about two weeks. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home opened on July 2nd. What did you guys think of the midweek um, opening for Spider-Man versus kind of usually in the past they've started um, around that Thursday time? It was a little strange. Like when they announced, I think it was, I think we put it on one of our podcasts actually. It was like maybe two or three months ago or something like that. They announced that it was going to come out on July 2nd, Tuesday, instead of, I think it was July 5th of Friday. It was the original release date. But it's just like a weird thing. Like, you just don't see that. So, I I thought it was a good play by him. I mean, obviously, it makes for a longer holiday weekend that people are going to get to see it. So, I'm sure that was planned far in advance, knowing that uh, the 4th of July in America landed on a Thursday, that people have plans probably to be out of town. So if we put it out two days before the 4th, those people can go see that movie without disrupting any 4th of July plans. That's my guess. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It worked for me. I mean, we, we got on our cruise the 3rd, so we were able to sneak out the 2nd and go see it with my dad. Before we get into the, the movie, the theater I went to in Texas, guys, it was really stupid. So it had the it, we had the, the seats, the reclining seats, right? But every row had this really tall wall that was basically a foot taller than where your seat was. So, like, when you lean back, you could barely see the full screen. You basically had to sit upright the whole way to watch it. It was really aggravating. I hated it. Seems like really poor design. We had the same experience. Same experience when we saw it uh, for Elliot's bachelor party in Arizona, where it's like it was... I'm, I'm just used to the railings up, you know, here in the Midwest... Where it was like this solid wall that, like, yeah, if you I wonder if that's a southern maybe, thing, yeah, that's weird. Or maybe there's different regulations where you can't have like, you know, between, because I mean, if it, you know, 
up here with just a railing, you could get under it and fall, and it'd be like a three foot drop or two and a half foot drop, or maybe that's the regulations they have in the south to yeah, avoid it, any it was, of that. It was so stupid. It was really frustrating, and I mean, it didn't it didn't ruin our movie going experience, but. I already had a really... You couldn't lay down. Well, I mean, I, I, I like to recline. I mean, if I'm paying the extra couple bucks for the recliner, I want to recline. If I want to just sit upright, I'll just go to a regular thing. I don't know. It's just... It's ticky-tack. It's kind of one of those first world problems. But um, my it theater was also problems. really... It is a first world problem, this bureau. It, <laughs> I was, our theater was really rowdy, too. I had a really rowdy kid-filled theater. We went to a matinee showing on that Tuesday. And so... I, I, my rating isn't like horrible of this movie. I'll get into that in a bit, but I, I, it was just kind of one of those. It was probably one of my least favorite MCU movie going experiences I've ever had. Oh, that's that's too bad. Because those young kids really bothered you. Those darn kids and their noise and their hip hop and rock and roll. <laughs> and then they broke into dance, and that's when I got really frustrated. I'm um, like, I didn't pay to see this. I wanted to see Spider. Man. Kevin Bacon showed up. It was frustrating. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah, I got a Kevin Bacon story next episode. Make sure I bring that up. Um, but uh, so went to the movie, and then some. a family had a really young baby, probably as old as Isaac, yours, or my kid. And that baby was screaming half the movie, too, down the front row. It was just one of those, like, really just not really good experiences. It, it didn't detract my rating at all, I think. Maybe it did a little bit, but not enough to where, like, the movie was changed suddenly. So let's get back to the movie here. I'd I'd like to actually add to my movie-going experience. So I went with uh, Infinity Bros, uh, Robbie, and Zane. Oh, my gosh. I bet that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. We went, actually, on July 4th. Good for you guys. And we got to the theater, and we were, like, well, we are honestly surprised that it was open on July 4th. Like, you know, it's like a national holiday, so we were kind of thinking they'd have some matinees and then just be done for the day. But they were open like every hour all day, so we got to go. And America, yeah, exactly. Um, we got there, and it was like almost full. Not quite full, but like almost full. And the only spots that we could all sit together was smack dab in the middle in the first row. Like, Ooh. yeah, right? And nobody wants to sit in the first row. But because they were recliner seats, it wasn't too bad. You were able to recline back and and you know kind of watch the movie from that angle instead of just like tilting your head the whole time and looking back and forth at both sides of the screen so that was kind of unfortunate but again reclining seats make everything better so they do they do um let's get into the movie let's talk about it i think our audience has waited long enough do it. um this movie was directed by john watts he returns he did the first one did a really great job uh, the writers were Chris McKenna, and screenplay was written by Eric Summers. Um, this movie stars Tom Holland, Samuel L. Jackson, Jake Gyllenhaal, Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Zendaya, Jacob Batalon, Tony Revolori, um, and then and Martin Starr, J.B. Smoove, J.B. Smoove, Colby, Colby Smulders, and I think that's all the known characters at the top of my head um, as well. I'll read the synopsis, and then we'll get into it. Uh, Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Its Rotten Tomatoes score is... I had it a second ago. Doggone it, I'm sorry. I know the audience score was really high. I think it was at like 96%. 
Well, I think people just love their Spider-Man. I don't think the Rotten oh, Tomatoes that's, score is that's too far behind either. Rotten Tomatoes is like ninety. It was a ninety percent even. It is officially certified fresh. Suck it, Mark. And the audience score is ninety six percent. Mark, what is your rating and thoughts initially? And we'll we'll break down plots and talk a little more in detail afterwards. But this is our your last spoiler warning before we dive full in. Mark, give us your rating and your thoughts. Uh, I would I would give it two two separate ratings as an MCU movie. I would give it probably a four, in my opinion. But as a high school like vacation movie, I thought it was like a five point five. When you really break it down, it really flowed like a high school movie. And I thought that was fun. I don't know. That's that's how I think about it. But um, I think overall it had a lot of action, had a lot of twists. It, you know, you know, maybe think of M Night Shyamalan. Like, ooh, what a twist at some points. And I want more Jake Gyllenhaal. Just shove Jake Gyllenhaal in my life, down my throat, and that's all I want. More Jake Gyllenhaal. And then Mark, you. you just like to be like a barrier breaker on the Infinity Bros. You're like, oh. I'm going to put like eight movies in my top five. Oh, I'm going to do two separate ratings for my Spider-Man movie rating. Yeah, it's kind of a crock, but that's how Mark's been lately. So it's like, whatever. I mean, just whatever. We'll give it a four. Yeah, I got to I got to ruffle the feathers of the Infinity Bros. Infinity Bros universe. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. At this point, I'm used to it. It's whatever. So <laughs> this movie has grossed uh, up to this point tonight. Uh, we're recording in July, fi- the night of July 15th. It's grossed $847 million. Isaac, before you get into your rating, if this movie did not make a billion worldwide, which it will, Sony had the opportunity to get out of its MCU contract. What is your rating of this movie? And do you think that Sony is going to be getting out of their contract? I rate this movie a five and uh no i don't think sony will be getting out of their contract because i think it's going to make a billion but also i i was hearing a lot of thing and this is me not being quite as prepared as i probably should have been i i heard that and i i heard a lot of things that were saying it was just a rumor and that it wasn't true so i i don't know like what the contract is i don't know all the details of all that so Either way, it's going to make a billion, so I don't think it matters. But it was a great movie. Um, As most of you know, I am a huge Spider-Man fan, so just about any Spider-Man movie, I'm going to rate pretty high. Even the ones that are, you know, I would say a little more uh, on the shoddy side, the Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I I still really enjoy those movies and would rewatch them own them um tom holland is a great spider-man jake gyllenhaal is one of my favorite villains of all time as mysterio um i echo mark just give me more jake gyllenhaal in the mcu i want it all so um he was fantastic i felt like he stole the show in this movie honestly um he's what bumps this movie from Maybe even like a four to a five, in my opinion. Um, it brought it over Homecoming, in my opinion. Um, and we'll talk about it later. But I still have a couple Spider-Man movies in my Spider-Man ranking over this movie. But fan- overall, fantastic movie. Great, lighthearted follow-up to Endgame. And it really intrigues you for what is going to happen next in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I'm really surprised. Our ratings are all pretty similar. I give this movie a five out of six. Um, I was kind of worried that I'd be the wet blanket coming into this episode with a five out of six. Um, this is the movie that Marvel. Th- I'm really glad this is the movie that ends Phase Three. Um, I think that was a really wise decision to call this that. Uh, I think it's a good. Is it epilogue or prologue? What, what comes after the story on that one? Uh, epilogue. Right. Epilogue. Yeah, this is, this is a perfect epilogue for the MCU. A great tease into what's coming for years. And we'll talk and we're going to talk on the back end of the show about what happened at the after credits stuff. But for years, I have, I have been wondering, what do you do after Avengers Endgame? And I finally feel like after this movie... We have an answer and we have hope of that. And it doesn't feel like a Star Wars series that has three really great movies and then really uh, tails off afterwards. It doesn't feel like a Lord of the Rings series that brings the Hobbit and then just doesn't do as well. It doesn't feel like these kind of movie franchise series that kind of trail off. It feels like this this series might be able to actually keep going and we might actually have legitimate seasons of a TV movie almost. Um, I digress. Tom Holland is, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man of all time. Um, he earned it this movie. Um, his internal dilemma with he in the first movie, it was about him wanting to be Spider-Man to the and the world saying no. And this one was about the world saying they want him to be Spider-Man and he was saying no. And I really, really liked that. And I like how they I like how they've kind of transformed the Uncle Ben character into Tony Stark. Um, I really, really liked Mysterio as well. I don't think Mysterio was as amazing as a lot of critics and maybe you guys are alluding to. And that's just because like the monologue scene after he gives him the glasses is kind of a little campy and cheesy. It works though. Cause it's Gyllenhaal. Um, I think Zendaya and Peter and, and Tom Holland, I'm irate after that first post credit scene, because we're not going to get to watch those two unless they do something crazy. We're not going to get to watch those two really work that relationship out of her hiding his identity. I, I love their relationship. Um, I love his friends. I love everybody around him. I love the additions of J.B. Smoove and um, the oh, Gilfroy Gil, Gil from um, Silicon Valley. I just love all these, these um, characters that are surrounding him. I really like his universe more and more as I talk about this movie. And, um, yeah, I give it a 5 out of 6. Um, I have a couple nitpicks of the movie. I think one of the nitpicks I give is... And I heard this on the uh, – I was trying to figure out a way to articulate this, and I heard this idea from Pop Culture Leftovers, and I really love this. So I'm kind of, I think, stealing their bit a little bit on this. But I feel like this movie suffered from over-MCU interwovenness. Um, I really wish it would have been more separate. I, I really wish Mysterio wasn't as connected to Tony Stark as he was. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I, I, I was trying to kind of put my, my brain on why I didn't fully – like six out of six Mysterio, but I think that's why. I think I felt like I would have loved, it feels like every character now of Spider-Man that's going against him is a domino effect of Tony Stark. And I get that the MCU is kind of an overall domino effect of his decision-making, but I would love to see in the next one, and we'll talk about the next one, a villain that is really geared more towards Peter Parker and his story. Um, Nonetheless, Great flick, and I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's been a long, like, week and a half not sharing because we don't talk about it. We, we, we limit ourselves. We don't talk about it in our chat, and so that's why I have a lot of ramblings and thoughts. It on is this, quite but. important 
fortunate. And, and Infinity Bro Jarrett has not uh, actually seen it yet, so we've been refraining from talking about it for his sake as well. Yeah, so. like we can't even share memes or anything. It's like wild. Like there's so many memes I've been seeing that I'm like, I want to share this, but I can't. So, um, yeah, those are our initial ratings. We're going to kind of break this into um, four different spots. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the post-snap blip. We're going to talk about Mysterio as a villain. We're going to talk about the progression of Spider-Man, the future of Spider-Man. Where do we think Peter Parker's story arc is going with his characters? And then we will get into our post-credit talks as well as a reality stone segment at the end where I will talk about what I think the MCU is doing and what I think has already been set in stone as early as the second Avengers movie that I think uh, they've been doing. And I think they've been doing it under a nose. So, um, but guys, uh, the blip. We got to see the blip right out the gate. What did you guys think of the blip and how they explained it? And what do you think about this world that that Marvel has constructed and reconstructed now that Tony Stark has reversed the snap? Most of you Infinity Bros universe are probably also MCU fans. Um, there's a difference between the snap and the blip. So the snap is when Thanos snaps and half the universe population is gone. They fade into ashes it's infinity war and then the blip is when uh the hulk tries on uh our iron man version of the infinity gauntlet he snaps and then everybody comes back so they made that distinction you know maybe a couple days after spider-man far from home came out and they mention obviously they call it the blip in the first um sequence in far from home and right away i kind of was not mad about it, but I was just kind of like, wow, irritated, I guess. Like, it was just not super necessary. They are kind of poking fun at it and stuff like that. But then as the movie played on, I actually was fine with it because they did that so they could move on and just make it a Spider-Man movie and not a, oh, this is a blip movie. You know, like, this is about what happens after everybody comes back. Instead, they just kind of pushed it away and said, hey, this is what happened. We're not going to focus on it. We're going to focus on Spider-Man. So as the movie went on, I was actually fine with that kind of playing out. Mark, what did you think of the blip? Obviously, they, they had to talk about it as it was the first MCU movie afterwards. I mean, I didn't mind it. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when they showed, like, you know, the marching band spawning, uh, you know, during a basketball game. But then more I thought about it, it's like there's there's people who blipped back like that were flying in a plane that just fell to their death or like in a in a road getting crushed or like like how many deaths were were caused yeah do you think like they were in the plane like so do you think if the plane landed they went back in the landed plane i thought about that today yeah did they did they respawn back in the plane or did they respawn back in the air I like well, that's what it is. It. Whatever. Yeah. 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 I I bet or, they respawned or, back in the plane. Yeah. Like maybe or maybe they sense. didn't, and they fell or, thirty thousand feet to their death. And the, <laughs> that or, and there is people in the plane, and they're sitting on somebody's lap all of a sudden. So that would be a little freaky as well. I loved Martin Starr when he when his he said his wife was doing a fake <laughs> blip of him. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my goodness. She just actually left. It was hilarious. And then the uh, bit where Flash is drinking, because on his card it says he's over 21 because it's been five years, but he's still 16, and and MJ is is going after him. How do you think they, like, solve that? Because it's like, well, technically his birth year would be right, but, like, do they, like, do whole registration? Like, hey, you blip, so technically we got to, like, bump your age up properly? Well, it's or, like... been, 
it's been eight months since it happened. So I wonder, I wonder if the government just hasn't caught up with it and they're just kind of letting the old IDs go. But I mean, it, it seems like something that could be solved. And the other thing is too, is like, you wonder if, you wonder if it's like in the process of happening and some of these people have done it already and, and maybe he was just using a fake ID, you know? Could be, could be. I thought that part was hilarious. What did you think? Also of, the opening oh, sequence of the uh, the PowerPoint and then like right away you think it's like an actual like montage and then the pictures just start getting blurrier and blurrier and then all of a sudden you see, I think it's the one of Vision and it has the Getty images across oh, gosh, and it's like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> yeah. is PowerPoint. This is hilarious. That was like a perfect way to open the movie. It was so funny. It was, it was really great to like feel, you felt the deaths when you watched it, didn't you? I felt it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely. hurt. It hurt to watch. It really hurt to watch but then it's like, they really made a great joke out of it. I thought it was really smooth. I thought the transition from Endgame to this movie was really great. smooth. Because well, that and was that's really and that place here. Um, your mention earlier, Mark, that this is a really good high school movie. Like yes. this is like what I remember high school being like. This opening montage and just the interactions between all of uh, Peter and his friends is just like so high school, and it was hilarious to think back to that. Yeah, we get that. That's pretty sweet. Did, what did you guys think of his friend group? Um, I know we had the one friend who was trying to hit on MJ the whole way, and he got to sit with her, and um, that all happened. What did you think of his friend group and then Ned falling in love five minutes into the movie? I think that's what kind of fed to it being kind of a good high school movie, where you know in high school everything just moved fast. And, of course, Ned was going to go in there being like, oh, we're going to be bachelors for the Europe trip. And then, you know, by mistake falls, you know, gets a thing going with uh um what's her name um betty brant yeah betty and like that lasts just for you know the amount of days they're you know from flight to return just like a few days and then just like any good high school movie there's also you know there's a competing love interest of you know the guy that was apparently you know five years younger obviously and now is their age so that, i think that'd be a weird That's dynamic right. be like he was, he was the little right. brother of someone and yeah, now he's he your was, age you're right yeah when i first saw him on screen i didn't even recognize him but they showed him in like a picture in the first like school montage or whatever and he was like in his little kid basketball uniform and then now he's like you know like a a pretty full-grown teenager and it's just funny like i and then i did a double take i was like oh my gosh that's that little kid from the earlier montage that's so funny yeah, they did a really good job of playing that though. I, I thought it was I thought the I thought the teachers were really great too. Like I think I think Martin Starr and JB Smoove are gonna get a lot of flack for this movie because it's almost air quotes cheesy. But I thought what, Martin what does, it's totally cheesy, but it's uh, JB Smoove's line about like, oh, me being a man of science, I'd blame this on witches. <laughs> yeah. Or witchcraft or something That's like so that. Good. The whole movie uh, he's blaming witchcraft. Yep. Yeah. I'm a Dude, man of science. Yeah. And I loved how they just would always shield or um, Mysterio's crew would constantly be pushing them in a certain direction. And the teachers would just roll with it. It was like, they're We've so been upgraded. Like... <laughs> yeah, they just totally go with it. Yeah, yeah they totally weird. roll with it. They don't even think about it. And they're just on this European trip. And, and what school, 
sends a bunch of guys and girls with two men. Yeah, right. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And the the whole trip is just so loose. They're just like, ah, a bunch of high school kids in Europe. Go do whatever you want. All right. Seriously. Well, it's the Marvel Universe, so anything can happen. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not to be confused with the Infinity Bros Universe. Mr. Mr. Harrington, I believe is his name. It. I think we talked about it in the group chat a while ago, but he's actually in the Hulk. He's like one of the lab techs in The Incredible Hulk. Just a little interesting MCU snippet. Is he the same person or is he just the actor? Like plays- he's the same character. Yeah, he's the same oh. guy and plays the same oh. character. Oh. Just kind of a cool little oh. retcon. It's not even a retcon because they, I mean, he was actually in it, you know, but it's cool. Cool little snippet. Here's another crazy thing. So, you know, Peter Billingsley. Who plays, um, he plays the... Christmas Story? He, he is the kid from Christmas Story. He plays the scientist that uh, was operating the drones for Mysterio. Dude, I, I heard and that after the fact, yelled after at I by watched Obi- it. That was cool. Yeah. I sing? That was, Obi- I was really floored by that part of this movie. How literally that guy was pulled from Iron Man 1. And I guess he's a really good buddy of Favreau. And Favreau's obviously really invested in this movie. So they got him back, and it's like, dude, they they are gonna keep doing this. They're gonna keep referencing those Iron Man movies till till this thing dies, and I don't think it ever is gonna die. I just thought that was really fascinating that he was in it too. What what did you? Ned was really great. What did we think of? What do you guys think of Zendaya? Do you think is she your Mary Jane? I mean, it's her and Kirsten Dunst. Is she your Mary Jane? Well, at least she's not Nick. I do. At least she's not Nick Fury's daughter. Yeah, that did come out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so thankful after this movie that she was not Nick Fury's oh my daughter. Gosh, yeah, that would have been. Oh gosh, so ridiculous. I think she plays a really good Mary Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mary Jones is the is the best character in this movie. Uh, I will say though, like in the first movie in Homecoming, she bugged me a little bit because she just like they played her off as. You know, just she kind of knew all the answers and was just like, I don't know, cocky about it a little bit. And and that's just her character. And so she just annoyed me in the first one. And this one, I feel like she redeemed herself in my eyes. I felt like she was a lot better in this movie than in Homecoming. And yeah, she's not your traditional MJ from the comics or even, you know, uh, a, a little bit from Spider-Man, uh, the original trilogy. But she's doing a different play, and I think it'll be cool. They're just doing a whole different take on Spider-Man in general in the MCU. So I think it, it'll it be fine. And she did a really great job in this movie. Props to her for winning me over from Homecoming. I I, I think they kind of made you go back to the first Spider-Man um, Homecoming and realize, okay this is a story building on itself. Like now her decisions in the first one make way more sense. She's a person who always wants to tell the truth. She's all, she's really socially awkward. Um, and I think Zendaya plays this really well. I th- I think she, and I, I really love her, the chemistry that her and Tom Holland have in this movie. I, I think those two together just, and this is again, we'll get into the, the post-credit scenes later, but I was like, so it hurt that first post-credit scene to watch that because I was like, Oh my gosh, we may not get in my image. The iconic image of Spider-Man is Spider-Man coming back to his house and Mary Jane in the, in the Spider-Man white t-shirt, you know, with his little face on it and, and him basically just talking about his crazy day 
and them trying to be a normal couple and she has to hide this and i was like man we may not get that here that that may never happen and i i feel like there's there's such good chemistry there between these two that i really hope there i i'm really excited to see where they go with spider-man but man if that that is a really really deep cut for this relationship mark what do you think of zendaya in this um i think she's good i mean if you're okay with the appropriation of redheaded characters in all of hollywood then i think you're fine so you got your, your frustration is that she's not a redhead <laughs> no yeah but um i think she's great i think she plays or i think her and tom holland are just they really good at feeding off each other it seems like and i think that's what makes their relationship so good yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree with that in this one uh happy hogan and may parker have a Gosh, thing the relationship what did you i've think been waiting this, for yeah what did you think of this relationship i wanted it from day one no you did not <laughs> from the moment from the they had eyes for each other came out <laughs> yes that's when when we kind of saw that it was happening i felt by like the end of this movie when you know peter has to sit down with both of them and she calls it like a summer flag and he's and then happy talks about it getting more serious i think that gave credence to maybe Aunt May's not really over Uncle Ben yet. Do you think about that? We're happy. I don't know. I think they just played it. They just made it seem so like flippant, I guess. And at the end, and and maybe that's maybe that's right. And if that's the case, then I'm all for that because I I just don't like how they have not even. I mean, they've made like one, maybe two references to Uncle Ben in the whole MCU. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I get, I, I get that they're like, yeah, they don't want to replay the whole um, origin story that's been done. But the reason Peter Parker is who he is is because of his origin story and because of Uncle Ben. So that bugs me a little bit that May's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna flirt with Happy and be totally fine with it, whereas. If you think about the timeline in this um, whole MCU, Peter probably became Spider-Man maybe, well, I mean, before the snap, like maybe a year before the snap. And everybody knows that in his origin story, Uncle Ben, he thinks Uncle Ben dies because of him and he becomes Spider-Man because of that. So it it just bugs me that they aren't even referencing it. It's just like, yeah, you don't have to replay the whole origin story, but at least show us that, that Tom Holland or Peter Parker is like, he still like remembers uncle Ben. Like, yeah, his, the, the, suitcase. the suitcase he's, is yeah, uncle the, Ben's. Yeah. The suitcase was uncle Ben's. He didn't mention uncle Ben once in the whole movie. And, and he, I think he mentioned him once in homecoming. If I, if I recall, right. So it's like, what is he supposed to go up to everyone and be like, "Hey, my uncle died a few years ago, and I'm no, really sad about no, it." Like, what? No, and I'm not saying you have to do redo the. But whole I think, like what you story, said, if, but that's if, the if reason everyone he knows is the origin story. Yeah, I get that. But if everyone knows he's a, you know, his origin story, then why do we need to keep bringing it up? We always know that. And then maybe with the whole MCU thing, they want the audience and the story to lead to like, like what kind of Max said is like, Tony Stark's the Uncle Ben in this movie, where you know he sacrifices himself. Yeah, you know, I still to, don't like that, and that's probably just my Spider-Man fan yeah, coming out. I, I think um, Isaac, you got to get over it. I I think Marvel has put, nope, nope. I'm not going to get over <laughs> it. Get over it. Nope, no. Nope, I think you need to, to call. Refuse. You need to call your local rep and tell him about it, and hopefully your local rep can talk to Kevin Feige to help you deal with it. We need to have an overnight um, 
call-a-thon to get to get some fundraising for this Isaac because you're really frustrated no I I think I think unfortunately for you Isaac I like it but I think for you and maybe this kind of ties into what I was saying at the beginning of the show is this is another kind of weave being thread into the MCU that almost is maybe too much I, I think I think that Uncle Ben's part of it obviously they've referenced him and everybody's acknowledging that but I think Marvel is saying Nope, Tony Stark is the Uncle Ben. Tony Stark is our Uncle Ben. Tony Stark is who Tom Holland is going to be referencing internally in the third movie when he has a conversation with himself against Craven or whoever he's going against. Spider Iron Man will be the one that Spider Man is referencing. And, and think of it like this: you know, Uncle Ben was probably his mentor in the beginning and all this stuff because we always we all know the origin story. So you know, for him, for Spider Man, Peter Parker to you know, maybe take take control of this pain, he put it, you know, the connection that he wanted with, you know, a father figure with Tony Stark, and now he's lost him. I think that leads more into, like, how he's so easily um, just willing to give it to Mysterio during the movie, the the, the glasses that he gets. Yeah. And I think that's he's I looking for that. that. He's looking for that mentorship, and that's I think that's where Happy's going to take that role for him. Because at the end of the day, the dude's, like, f- supposed to be 15 or 16. I don't... I don't think there is going to be a mentor anymore. I think, I think Mysterio showed Tom Holland he's on his own. I think he learned this movie he's on his own. I think and Peter Parker knows. And I kind of, I kind of hope that's how it is because yeah, me too. The whole character of Peter Parker and and granted, like how they had to bring him into the MCU, it just wasn't possible. But Peter Parker is in general a loner as Spider Man. Like yeah, he teams up with other teams. He's on the Avengers. But he hides his identity even from other superheroes for most of his for most of his career. And again, I say you know in the MCU it wasn't really possible because they had to get him into it for uh, Infinity War. But I just I feel like Peter Parker has to find his own identity. He has to break off from all these other superheroes to really find out who he is as a superhero. And I really hope that's yeah. A little bit, yeah, but he's, he's still no, got he the totally. Yeah, I think he totally does that here. I think he goes he's to Happy, still, thinking he's, still he's using Happy. Happy goes, he's still using Iron Man's resources. I no, think he's in using the next resources, one, he has to use them. They're the only resources he has. Yeah, but he didn't have those resources in the comics. He had his own. He had his own resources. He's he had his smarts in the comics, and that was it. Well, this isn't the comics, Isaac. This is the MCU. Well, and the other thing on top of it, too, just there's two there's two points I'd like to add onto this, and this is this isn't a rebuttal, Isaac. This is just like stating the facts is well this is sony screwed all of this up this is sony's fault sony had the pieces to keep a spider-man universe going on its own to do what you want but i think that spider-man can only exist in the mcu as an avenger he really cannot except for like one or two movies and this is probably one of them he he cannot exist on his own with without these other players like even this movie, he they reference so Just many like the Avengers third movie, in this movie. We'll probably have Craven uh, come after him and hunt him down because Craven wants to hunt you know humans, and he partners with Deadpool, and that's how Deadpool gets involved in the third movie. Nah, I don't think Deadpool's gonna be in it, but I but I think I think but to what you're saying, Isaac, personally, we've had six seven Spider-Man movies where he's been on his own. Who like, and he just was on his own this movie and. I I just said before, like, I get why they're doing it this way. And they kind of had to. Like, there's just no other way. Like, if they had put his own solo movie out first, he wouldn't have been as involved. Like, I get why they're doing it. 
I just think as a but they didn't they didn't have to they did not have to sorry to cut you off they did not have to reveal his identity at the end of this no 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 yeah exactly that's the thing that that's the big like and it, and we maybe share that similarity is like that was like that there the long term plan better match up well with that decision well and that's got to be all long term because like you here here's the thing I liked about that and we'll probably get into it later because this is in the first mid credit scene but. When they revealed that um, Peter Parker is Spider-Man to the whole world, that's something that hasn't been done yet, really, in in Spider-Man film history. So I think that's the direction that they wanted to go. They wanted, I mean, they obviously have a different take of Spider-Man with Tom Holland, and they just want to do something different that hasn't been done in the previous five live-action Spider-Mans. So, and they're, you know, obviously that's going to happen the next one, whatever they do. Hopefully, it is Craven because I'd love to see that, but. It just it's gonna be a different it's just gonna be a different tone. They're gonna to have to take a different direction. So and I think that's what their goal was with that whole reveal. We'll get in we'll get into more of that later. We'll talk about more of that later and obviously the other stuff. But what did you guys think of um I wanna save we're gonna save Nick Fury and Maria Hill for the end as well. What did you think of the Mysterio? Let's transition to Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal gets uh finally a crack at a MCU villain. Um, you guys kind of both alluded to it in your in your ratings. What did you love about him, and did you um, what did you think of the kind of twist that they had with the glasses? I think Jake Gyllenhaal would make a very good Peter B. Parker in a live action film. I just want to put that out there. It's gonna it's gonna lay that right there right now. Um, but I thought he was, you know, they couldn't. I don't think they could have done the Mysterio in the comics with you know the whole special effects. To like just limited to like what he could do as an individual, where they kind of made it a team of like Stark, Stark Industry rejects or what have yous to like, you know, make this master plan to kind of take over and form the world how they wanted to form it. And I thought they told a pretty good story there, and kind of that whole, you know, they have a whole script written up how to, you know, get everyone's everyone to believe them, get into the situation where. Peter Parker Spider-Man gives him the glasses and then to convince the whole world that he is needed and like you know the top Avenger which then I think leads me to believe when he says you know or I don't remember what he says exactly but I feel like they plan for it that he might like you know a contingency that he might have to fake a death or die and that's where it makes me think like I don't think Mysterio is dead I think Mysterio is still alive Mm-hmm. And he has been able to cloak himself. That's part of this whole plan. And I think this is what's going to lead to maybe a Sinister Six movie. Because if you think about it, you already got the Vulture. You got Scorpion. You got the Shocker. You got Mysterio. So now if you introduce Kraven and another character, you got six people. So by the fourth Spider-Man movie, you could do a Sinister Six. Where it's literally just Spider-Man fighting off six dudes. And that maybe might be like the coming of age movie when he goes into college and maybe at the end of that movie he runs into like you know he gets a scholarship from you know like harry osborne or something boom i just wrote i just wrote two movies for mcu you're welcome <laughs> Tony. you're welcome you're welcome kevin feige no i i would agree mark i don't think mysterio is dead at all i think because when spider-man looks at in the glasses he asks if there's any more illusions and she says there are no more illusions i don't she doesn't explicitly say to him he's dead yeah so the wording's was, obviously the, intentional, but I but I also think glasses, I just don't think how did the glasses not identify who that dude was? Yeah, right. Like that that's like the, if that the part dude that gets worked me. for I feel like it, it those glasses that 
Tony Stark created for him would have every facial feature. Because I'm assuming those people who worked for Stark had to have, like, you know, every type of scan and fingerprint and blood and stool sample. Did he wear the glasses and use Edith around him? I don't think he did, no. though. But, like, I when they do the flashback when he's like, oh, they call he called it barf? He's like, you know, hair slicked back and clean shaven. But still, in the day, his, you know, his facial structure would be the same. Anyways, I, that's nitpicking Yeah, but, right but Peter Parker never used the glasses around Mysterio. I thought he did. No. He, he, when, well, he, when, when he, he goes in, to... No, when he's in the bar, he doesn't use them. He just has them on. Gotcha. Okay. I I I, th- I think if you go, I haven't seen this. I've only seen this one twice. But I think if you go back, he doesn't have them on at all when he's around him, and that's probably very intentional. Because I agree, if they did, he would. I think you're they, right. They would yeah, talk, you're, I, you're right. I don't you're think right. they were on. The I need whole go, time. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I need to see it again too. Um, no, I love Mysterio too. I was telling um, one of my friends today that um, there's a picture going around that John Watts and Jake Gyllenhaal shared today that. Jake Chillenhall and his little team, his little group, Mysterio crew, were actually in the background of the whole movie from in the beginning. So you can actually see Jake Gyllenhaal walk past Tom Holland at the beginning of the movie. There's shots of that. I'll include some some of those on our show notes. Um, but dude, this movie was well done. Isaac, you were so right. We talked about it, I think, on episode ten or nine, and you and I were kind of arguing about hey, do we think Mysterio is going to be good and bad? And I was way off. You were way correct. I thought Mysterio was going to be from another planet. And nope, he was a bad Mysterio. And I loved the twist. I was shocked. And I don't oh know God. how I was shocked, how, but I was. How, how, literally, how little are you guys upset that there's no multiverse, really, when you think about it? Well, this still is. I mean, you go back to Doctor Strange, yeah. But well, I mean, not, not open to like what we thought. We're like, oh, they're gonna do something. We're gonna yeah. get, we're gonna get into the Spider Verse live action, and all you guys are losing your minds. I was a little, little minutely disappointed that they're that he was like making all that up. But the twist was so good that it made up for it a hundred times. The twist was amazing. And see, here's the thing. So I did call the twist. I knew Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal was gonna be the bad guy. But I just didn't, you know, obviously you don't know how that twist is going to come about. And it still, like, blew my mind when the twist came. It just was, like, so stinking good. And I was so pumped for it. Um, So Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, is a fantastic actor. And he is one of my, I think he might be, he'd be top three uh, MCU villains for me. I'm trying to rank my villains in my head here. I think Thanos is probably still one. It's, I think Mysterio's two. Like Mysterio, Killmonger? yeah, Killmonger. 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 Yep. Uh, not for me, but I but I hear it. To take to go a little off topic. Oh, Mysterio is so. Um, you know, if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know who he is. But he's kind of like a a B or a C list Spider-Man villain. Even you know, you know, he's not like. You don't think of Spider-Man villains and think Mysterio right away. You know, you think the big guys like Doc Ock and Green I guess Goblin. Speak for yourself, Isaac. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I love hurting Mysterio. My, but hurting my feelings over I'm here. I'm just saying he's not the he's not a household name. You know, like people that don't know comics probably didn't know Mysterio existed before this movie. I was just gonna say that Isaac. My dad leaned over during the movie and looks at me and goes, "Is Mysterio a bad guy?" I think I think most people didn't know, and I think that really helped Gyllenhaal here. Well, you can't nitpick that because you go Captain Marvel, the scrolls. You know, the people who are fans like, oh, the scrolls are the bad people, and we got Rick rolled there. So it's like, I mean, 
we what were we to expect that they were going to do that twice or let that happen or I don't know. No, I I think just Marvel has done a great job of rewriting stuff. And and again, like this is one thing that Isaac doesn't like is Iron Man is now the Uncle Ben. That's a rewrite. That's a rewrite to help the plot of this kind of ongoing TV show that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And but Uncle Ben isn't like not existent in this MCU. He well, is. Do you know? I mean, there. yeah, they've referenced him a few times. They've referenced referenced him specifically once in Homecoming, and that's it. The he's in this universe. He's definitely in it, Isaac. Yeah, I, think just, I know he is, but the, the amount that they've referenced him makes you think that. Oh, do they even care that he's in this universe? I don't know. No, no. And, and to be honest, Isaac, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I don't need any more Uncle Ben. Okay. I'm I am Uncle Ben out. Well, that is just unfortunate because Peter <laughs> Parker is who he is because of Uncle Ben, and it's not Tony Stark. So don't even try to get I, me to believe that Tony Stark is Uncle I Ben. Hope, I hope that they, in the third movie, just to appease some people that have been complaining about this they just hire chris pine hey chris pine we're gonna do a quick cameo you're gonna die for all the whiners out there because we need a, a real uncle ben and you're just that's it you're just gonna die horribly we're gonna film it for like five seconds and bam i don't need a flashback scene of uncle ben dying here's what i need you just need like you need to see aunt may crying i miss him so much no Peter. no i don't need i want need him that. i want him back i wish we could here's... snap him back you want that i don't know what you want tell me what you want are you done mark no. Are you done? Go. I'm going to let you finish. Okay. Okay. So here's what I want. A five-second add-on that could have been anywhere in Far From Home. It could have been explained. Tony, or sorry, uh, Tom had a conversation with anybody, probably Mysterio. That would have been great. That the reason that Tony Stark's death hit him so hard is because his Uncle Ben died earlier. Like, that's all I needed. Like, just a little side reference that, hey, Uncle Ben was important to me in my life, and now this other guy that is important to me in my life is also dead, and it hits me hard because of that. That's all I needed. I don't need a whole retro... Yeah, how, many, how many teenagers do you know that are so open with emotions like that? Uh, well, he was pretty open with... Yeah, I was going to say, Gilmore, he was pretty open. So... I, I, yeah, I agree, Isaac. I think he was pretty open with Mysterio. I do not think I don't think Uncle Ben is that important. Uncle Ben is not that important to me. Boo. He's not he's not Boo. important in this story. What what about, and nor what about should Peter Parker Boo. standing over uh, an Uncle Ben gravestone, be like, I'm gonna avenge you, and then he goes avenging because he's an avenger now, because that's what he is in this MCU. So he just avenges his death. Yeah, maybe that's what Spider Man three should be. Maybe he should just like stand over his gravestone right away, and then Craven comes and he's just He's just he just goes on a rampage. He just becomes carnage and starts killing everybody. No, How much I would love that. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you on that, Isaac. I think it, it's an unfortunate thing. I think if you are a diehard Spider-Man fan like you are, to lose this part of the story. But I think again, this is Sony's fault. Sony did this way too much. I don't need to watch an older man pass away on the screen. And say, with great power comes great responsibility. I don't need to see that. And I said Chris Pine for a reason. You look how young Mercer well, Tomei is. Just give fine. me a... Chris Pine. I don't need that. Chris Pine I don't would be need perfect. that either. I don't, don't, I don't need... Again, I, I'll say it again. I don't need the whole origin story again. I just need more references to know that that is who he is becoming because of Uncle Ben. That's all I need. 
Spider-Man is who he is because of his internal drive to get through things. And he his is, internal drive came his... because he he learned that from Uncle Ben and no, then he learned it for, he's learned nope, he has learned that from Tony Stark. He has not learned that from Uncle Ben. In this in this universe, he has learned it from Tony Stark. Well, that's just and that's just and that does actually go back to me being a Spider-Man fan because he I mean that's just like kind of unraveling the character of Spider-Man a little bit and Peter Parker. So that's why I am not a fan of it. I don't like the Tony Stark thing. I'm fine with the mentorship thing. Like that's fine. I put that in there. But again, like I said, it could have been a literal five second reference. That's all I needed. Just, just a little reassurance that he's there or was there, I suppose. What do you guys think of the sequence when uh, Mysterio leads Spider-Man to the, to the warehouse and like that whole like you know special effects sequence like really freak out spider-man best scene in the whole movie by a mile because one thing one thing i really like i don't know if it was an easter egg but i thought it was really cool was the whole zombie uh iron man like yes, it was that like was that a was that, so a, was that a tilt of, tilt of the hat to marvel zombies that would be epic Probably a little bit of that, but probably more of like what Isaac's talking about, about that Uncle Ben reference again, because we aren't getting Uncle Ben. And, and <laughs> this is you. I'm no, trying to, trying I'm to not, switch this topic. No, Max no, no, not, brings not, it back to whatever he I'm, wants. I'm really about. not trying to rip you, Isaac. I'm, I'm saying like the MCU is driving home that point with it, I think. And I don't like it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I don't like it. I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I don't. I don't know if you're like wrong with that, Isaac. I'm just saying like that's just the reality of what they're doing. But no, getting to your topic, Mark. I agree. This this scene was incredible. I it was one of the you know in Doctor Strange when he first goes into like the multiverse. We talked about that earlier, Isaac. That scene, I remember watching this going, holy crap, they're pulling Kirby onto the screen here. And I really felt that way when watching this scene too. I've only felt that way a couple times. Um like when Thanos snapped his finger, I felt like, whoa, they're pulling that straight from the page to the screen. And this really was one of those references to the comics that was so beautiful and well done. And I can't wait to see this movie a second or third time just so I can watch this scene. Um, and I loved every second of Spider-Man getting his butt kicked. It was I was like so gut-wrenching for me. It felt he's a kid. He's hopeless. And he's mentally getting worked over by this this team of people and then he gets hit by a train. <laughs> Trying to control his Peter Tingle. Yeah. And I loved that, that at the end of this movie, that that is what gets him out of the jam. Um, and I love that they finally bring it in. Like for, for years we've talked about, does he or does he not have um, spider sense? And he does indeed have spider sense and he's able no, to use it No, he has Peter Tingle. That's what the MCU. That's what the MCU has told us. It's called not a spider sense. It's a Peter Tingle. That was something that I was really bummed at. Yeah, fine. Call it a Peter Tingle. Make it a joke. But at the end of the movie, call it Spider Sense, please. Well, I'm it's really got to be Pete. That they didn't Pete do that. Pe- Peter's got to call it Spider Sense because it's Aunt May who calls it a Peter Tingle, and so does Happy. Well, yeah. I mean, I was just referencing the movie in general. Like just somebody, like Peter's got to talk about Uncle Ben, so then we know that Uncle Ben is cared about by. Peter Parker because that's one aspect of Spider-Man that I feel like is it's it's well done in the OG trilogy and even in um, the the, uh, amazing Spider-Man movies but it's not explained ever and for us comic fans we don't need it explained we know what Spider-Sense is but I feel like it would it would 
do well for a little bit of explaining and actually saying spider sense because they say that all the time in the comics isaac in the mc what would you rather have him explain spider sense or anytime it's happening like like in the video game like little like blue lightning bolts go around his head and he like turns and stuff like that which one do you rather have Ooh, um that's a that's a really hard question i think gosh well see here's where the original trilogy did so well um when toby mcguire felt his spider sense like you could tell it was going on because everything else got blurry. He got more focused. Everything was in slow motion. And they didn't do that in has in any of the adaptations of Tom Holland yet here. But I mean, obviously the scene at the end where he used his spider sense to get to Mysterio, that was amazing. But still you can't you can't really tell outwardly from watching that he's using his spider sense, besides the fact that he closes his eyes. Like, there's nothing, like, there's no blue waves coming out of his head. There's no, obviously, he doesn't say, oh, look, my spider sense, yeah, excuse me, my spider sense is activating. You know, he doesn't say it out loud, obviously. Would you like it if, like, uh, Omniant voice, like, that they maybe splice together from, just use, like, Stan Lee's voice that he's using his spider sense? <laughs> and then <laughs> Yes, if it's Stan Lee, then yes, I'll take it. Actually, that would be that would be really interesting if they use that because that would be kind of cool to see in like with like CGI these days and stuff like that to have a some waves or something come out of his head when he's using it. That'd be interesting. Into the Spider Verse has done it the best in my oh, opinion. Dude, like I love how they so did the waves well. by their heads and they stuff. Did so yeah. well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they did well. So let's move on to this future of Spider Man and these characters. Um, we're not going to get into the first post-credit talk yet, boys. I want to save that because I think that's a whole dialogue in and of itself. But where do you think Spider-Man 3 is going? Um, and we've kind of alluded to it already. Uh, well, you know what? I guess we kind of have to, now that I think about it, we kind of have to include the first post-credit scene. So let's kind of inter- interweave the conversation here. So let's get the first post-credit scene. Big stingers out of the way. Isaac, I need to just give you a golf claps real quick. On Thank you on MCU. Thank you, Kevin Feige. Thank you, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I I, I do a pretty good job. I feel like like you guys kind of razz me almost to the point where how much I read news articles are like rumors and stuff. And like I just I, I feel like I always know when stuff like this is coming. And this is the first time like on our show you brought it up that J.K. Simmons is at the premiere, and I'm like, what? And then I remember I texted you guys later that week. I said, guys, I think they're doing it. I think they're going to do it. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a post credit scene. And they did it. They brought back J. Jonah Jameson played by J.K. Simmons. Did your guys' jaw just hit the floor I, when you saw I that? I literally started clapping in the theater when he got on screen. Like I freaked out and Robbie and Zane beside me both, I'm, I think, jumped because I freaked out so much. It was fantastic. That was by far, my favorite part of Far From Home was that mid-credit scene, and it was solely because of J.K. Simmons and J. Jonah Jameson. It Mark, did you so feel it awesome. in? Mark, did you feel it in your jellies? Um, well, I kind of expected it when he was at the premiere, because why else would he be there by himself at the premiere unless he was in the movie? That that was my thought. So it's like I I was waiting for it to happen, but I liked the fact that they didn't. Because he's not part of the Daily Bugle, was he? He kind of played like an Alex Jones conspiracy theorist. Well, type it's of guy. It's, the da- it's DailyBugle.net. 
Oh, okay, so he's on the internet. So it it is still Alex Jones, but the Daily Bugle's like that, yeah. Yeah, it's like his own website or whatever reporting. Oh, gotcha. The, yeah. So it's, the Daily Bugle's his thing. It's just not yeah. this huge conglomerate that yeah, we. It's, yeah, it's not like got, the, so. The so it's not like what they did in the comic news. books. You're right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So well, is it going to be more like the video game then, Isaac? You think like how dude, he goes it on kinda, the airwaves? It kind of seemed like it, honestly. Like he's a .NET guy. Like he's going to be, you know, probably on some podcasts, maybe on the, on the radio. Like <laughs> it was almost drawing direct comparisons from from what I I saw of it. And if that's what it's going to be, I'm all for it. Like the J Jonah Jameson um, audio in. Spider-Man PS4 is fantastic. Makes that game hilarious. I I I six out of six that game. And if you guys have heard any of our streams beforehand, it is a blast to play. And the J. Jonah Jameson quips, I'm trying to remember what they're called now. Um, it's like his own like radio show that he has on the after he leaves the Daily Bugle. And he just rants the whole time. And you're just swinging through New York, and he's just ranting about Spider-Man the whole time. And it is so funny. So bringing J.K. Simmons back was, like, honestly, I'm trying to think if they didn't bring him back, if it would knock down my rating a little bit. I think it might. I think it might have. Because the shock value, obviously, I, I think I had a little bit of an inkling, too, when he showed up at the premiere, like Mark said. But the the just pure excitement that I got from seeing him in that J. Jonah Jameson role, I think probably bumped it up half uh, Infinity Stone for me, for sure. It felt too good to be true, Isaac. Right, I know. That's that's why it was kind of... Honestly, I think that's why it flew under the radar a little bit. There's nobody really big reporting it. It was just like random Twitter accounts that had pictures from him at the premiere. It wasn't like any big news sites or... Or, you know, IGN or, you know, any comic book blah, blah, blah sites or anything like that. It was just random people on Twitter. So that's why I kind of like took it with a grain of salt. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It would be awesome, but I'm not holding out hope. And then when it happened, bingo. I was. According to John Watts, this was the last scene recorded in the entire movie to keep things uh, under wrap and hush, to hush. basically not even tell the cast and crew that we're filming the regular movie because it's post-credit scene. So this was the last scene, not the second post-credit scene. I wonder if they didn't get him to the last second. Like, I wonder if they had to do some negotiating with him. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. That if is they, a contract. Was, I want to know he was his still contract. locked in for maybe playing, you know, what James Gordon in the DC movies, like if he was still under contract for a few movies with them, or uh, Whiplash two, or I don't know what other movies is he. In. Oh gosh, Whiplash is so good. That movie. Maybe a, this that might, movie's a six maybe out it was six. A, maybe it was a Sony decision to bring him in, and Kevin Feige wasn't like maybe on board right away. So here's what I heard about this, and this is all like Twitter hearsay. I you know none of this may be true. Maybe some of it's true, but what I heard was that one of the writers thought and side note it was one of the writers who had not seen the original spider-man trilogy which is a travesty but anyways they suggested bringing him back and everybody was like oh well that's not possible like blah blah blah. and then they finally got around to contacting him and he wanted to contact sam raimi to like i guess approve it or like make sure it was cool with him and Sam Raimi was like, yes, go for it. Like, that would be awesome. 
So, and that's, again, this is all just Twitter stuff that I had heard about it. But if that was true, it seemed that J.K. Simmons kind of wanted to pay respects to, you know, his role in the old movies and not, you know, upset any of the makers of that. So, but I I can't believe it worked out and it it was fantastic that it did. It was just so great. Do you, this, is, this is another step towards Into the Spider-Verse, Isaac. Maybe, maybe it's just they're just working on interweaving everything, and before you know it, we're gonna have an Enter the Spider Verse movie where Tom Holland is a character and J.K. Simmons is a character, and the MCU is thrown into and it. Spider Ham. Spider Ham is you know, Spider Ham is just saying hi to Fat Thor, and you know, bring back everybody. Bring everybody from into the Spider Verse and have Andrew the people Garfield, who play them. Toby McGuire, that would be mm-hmm. Harry, uh, Willem Dafoe, epic. Jake Johnson. Break Jake Johnson back as Peter B. Parker. Oh, Bring. that's how you get Chris Pine to be Uncle Ben mm-hmm. and the other Peter Parker. <laughs> Boom! Boom! I, two birds, one stone for Isaac, right there. No mark. No mark. Boo. <laughs> Well, let's get back to kind of the storyline that we're talking about here. Well, hold um, up. If we do Into oh. the Spider-Verse, that means Tom Holland dies. Nah. Going, moving on, moving on. It's. It, I already said it. He can be He can be Peter C. He can be Peter C. Parker. Nope, he's Peter Parker. He dies. And then Miles Morales takes over in the MCU. Let's go on. Okay, okay. Side note, though. Okay, so I'm, I would like to say something. So, you know, Mysterio brings Peter down into his whatever cave lair, whatever, gives him the whole spiel about the multiverse. He does actually mention... That this is six one six. Do you guys think that they wrote is it though, dude? They wrote it. That was a story. No, they wrote the story. Do you think that's totally like fabricated, or do you think that is like it's BS? It's BS. Yeah, it's it's part of their script. I bet they were just like, oh, we gotta think like you know, oh, in this in this, Don't you think you know, that's just story so that on they... the nose though? If it's not, I just I don't know. It was to throw you off the scent, obviously, and obviously when that trailer came out, it was just like holy crap like it's real we're getting the multiverse which you know obviously was already mentioned in doctor strange but it made you think that we're we were going full on into the multiverse in this movie well it made you question mysterio like is he a good guy or a bad guy it, it did that for me and like i'm so grateful they did that i i was thinking about this the other day i'm like if they lie to us about every movie i'm fine with that like totally. I like if they're like, well made trailers, the Ru- bring it on. Sure, I don't care. Yeah, like the Russo, like the Russo brothers have lied about a ton of stuff in the Endgame and Infinity War movies. Because you're like, still gonna be excited to go see it, and then you're gonna be more excited that you were shocked by like, oh, that wasn't what was told to us in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if they lie to me. If I if I come and I get a movie that surprises me and makes me happy about it, great. In awesome. this day and age, it's like impossible to surprise almost now. So just like to see Marvel doing this on their 23rd movie is like for me to have my jaw hit the floor three or four times during this movie and to see J.K. Simmons come back. I mean, like if he can come back, that means anybody can come back at this point. And it's it was just really cool and hopeful. Um, What do you guys think about Spider-Man three? What direction would you like to see them go and what villain would you like to see join the rogues gallery? Give me give me Sandman, Hobgoblin and Venom for Spider-Man three. Oh, just don't make it the same venom as Tom Hardy, please. Yeah, that that was a that was a joke. That actually is Spider Man Three. Okay, I was gonna say. Uh, so you want Spider Man Three again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want the <laughs> same. I want Topher Grace. <laughs> Bring her back. I, I honestly, I honestly want. I think an easy transition to get to what Isaac wants, where it's just 
a Spider-Man who doesn't have, you know, the Avengers-esque Spider-Man with him where he's just in his suit and he's fighting some dude one-on-one would be Craven. I think Craven would be a good story that you could be like, oh, Craven now knows who Spider-Man is. And Craven could be like, well, I'm done hunting game. I'm on to hunting humans. And he's like, you portray him as like a serial killer. And now he's killed enough people where he's like, I want to start killing superheroes. Mark, have you seen the theory from Boss Logic that Craven is is an exiled Wakandan? No, I haven't. And that would be the connecting point with Black Panther. So then they, they could make that villain some another famous kind of Killmonger villain almost. Like he could even be like a buddy of Killmongers or something. Sure. That would be really sweet. And then you can get your little Shuri appearance in there too. Maybe, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I just I th- I saw that today and I was like, ooh, that's a really good idea. Because I just feel because you could either do that, like if you just wanted, to, like I honestly would love to see Doc Ock or um, the Green Goblin, but I just I just don't think, like I don't know what to say. Like, ah, man, I'm lost for words. But I just feel like they're too big of characters right now to introduce, even though I l- love them. Unless you. You know, maybe you do too. You give me Craven, and you give us Doc Ock or something like that, and you save, you save Osborne for when you know it's Spider Man goes to college. You know, whatever. I think Craven is the right play because he's a great villain, and we haven't seen him in any film adaptation yet. And so they can do something new. They're already doing something new with you know Peter Parker's identity being revealed. So why don't just go go all out, get a new villain. I think I would like to see Norman Osborn introduced in the next one, but not as like the main villain. And I think he he like gets introduced and we kind of find out that he's not a great guy. And by the end of it, you kind of see that he might be a big villain moving into further MCU movies. I think that'd be kind of cool to see. Um, see, one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man villains is Lizard. And I'm so sad that they did him so dirty in Amazing Spider-Man. I just, I really wish they would do a good lizard, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I'd just go ahead and just throw all my uh, all my marbles on uh, Craven. I think that would be awesome. I want to piggyback on you, Isaac, on this one. Yes, give us Craven as like the main villain. Introduce us to to Norman Osborn. And 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 Harry, like get that get that into the mix, or like that's why I say it might be a good thing. Like that's where they meet each other in college or something like that, because yeah. we haven't yeah, seen Harry Osborn in high school. Right, but I think they're they're avoiding using the Osborns though, Mark, because then Sony would have to stick with Marvel long term, because because in the comics, obviously Norman Osborn does a lot of stuff with the Dark Avengers and becomes president and all that jazz. I I think. That will only happen if if Sony goes, hey, we are all in. Because right now they're not all in. They're on that first contract. So if they come back to the table and go, okay, we made like $3 billion off of three movies, it'll probably be more than that. But if they come back and go, hey, this is financially worth it, let's hang do on. it. I, I, by the time they would make this or start production on this third movie, know who you could bring in to play a character? Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Dude, oh my gosh, Bam. that would be fantastic. I think I think I think if 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 it was like, hey, what would you want? I would want either a good Venom movie, like a quality don't even talk about Tom Hardy or Tover Grace Venom movie, which they're not going to give us. Or a good Kingpin movie, which they're not going to give us because 
of Netflix. So the next play would be Craven. Because if Kingpin knew his identity, he could do a lot of really sketchy, really dark stuff. And I just don't think that's the tone they want to do in this. I think they want to go a little dark in the third one, but dark enough just to put Spider-Man in a spot where it's like, holy moly. He's he's feeling it, but not, not that much. I, I don't know. But. You know, I've heard some rumblings that Sony and Kevin Feige are actually working to somehow get uh, Tom Hardy's Venom in with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And I obviously right away was like, oh, that's never going to happen. But it got a ton of steam on Twitter, actually. Like, Kevin Feige actually was saying stuff, like talking about it in somewhat of a positive light. And I was very shocked by, oh, I'll have to dig up the tweets and see what I what I can find it what he said about it but like i just thought that was never ever ever gonna happen i think yeah i and I it probably won't still. I, I don't think it will having but... a great... and maybe maybe he was being maybe he was like you know rubbing the shoulders if you know this whole sony disney deal was needed to be redone or something like that so he's like oh yeah if you guys resign i mean we could put venom in a marvel movie maybe just to get him to like watch him sign, he's like, hey, yeah. "Suckers!" I, I think, I think Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige is just trying to save face here. He's trying to have a good relationship with them, not poo-poo their stupid Venom movie, and be like, "Cool, whatever." Yeah, we can talk about it. But in reality, he's like, "No way," because there's no way that Spider-Man is ever gonna touch any plans long term. And if Sony wants to, and if Sony were to leave, like if they were to go, "Hey, Spider-Man's out," people would be livid. People would be livid with them because now it's too deep. I mean, you killed Spider-Man in Infinity War, brought him back in Endgame, and you've kind of put us through this now, what is this, movie four of Spider-Man? Of, no, five, five of, five of Spider-Man War, being yeah. in this universe. So, like, this is his fifth movie. We're too invested at this point. He has as many movies now than he did going into it, being in the MCU. I just don't see how Sony can ever bail. I, I don't agree. I, I don't think Kevin Feige is going to do it. But if you introduce the multiverse... They could they could do their own Spider Man in a different Agreed. universe. Yes, that's how they should do Spider Man three. And that, that's how you separate, then you can combine those two Spider Mans together. But then again, talking about Venom, it's like yeah, I think majority of our group didn't like Venom, but the rest of the world loved Venom. So, and if we go by numbers and ticket sales, that means you love him, right? Or is it Rotten Tomato score? I'm confused, Max. You tell us. You tell the you tell the Infinity Bros universe the basis of Venom's popularity and success. Well, if Venom had 10 movies, you would like it just as one movie. So it's not a big deal. You're you're a quality over quantity guy, but it I digress. It would be 10 plus Keanu Reeves to make it iconic star-studded cast. Yeah, whatever. Okay. And then I would anyway. have like eight honorable mentions because, you know, how much I love stuff yeah, you, like you do. You always have like five honorable mentions and then like you put three three movies all together because you can just do that. So I don't even want to hear it. So shut your mouth. Anyway. How, how was uh, Always Be My Maybe? Was that your best and favorite Keanu Reeves movie of all time? No. Ten I, 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 said what it's, I said it's Toy Story 4. Did that crack your top five? It's number two. No, Toy Story 4. The second best Keanu Reeves movie is it's Toy Story 4. Always Be My Maybe. I just said it. What, where does Toy Keanu Story 4 land on your t- uh, Keanu Reeves not my top favorite five. movie? Not my, not no, my it doesn't five. make it? Because he didn't get enough screen time? I'm confused. No, because it's not. It, so I, Toy Story I, Four I is a Keanu my, Reeves movie. I went through my. It is, but I but I already went through my ranking. Toy Story Four is not as good as Always Be My Maybe to me. Okay, sounds good. I'd rather watch Always Be My Maybe than Toy Story Four. So, 
But um, getting back to the topic at hand. No, I think Craven. I think Craven would be a great pick. Who would you guys want to play Craven? Not the piggyback off of Tom Holland, who wants Jason Momoa. But um, I guess oh if, you go, if you go, if he to, does, Ugh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, haven't you heard that? I don't know. I think, no, I I think like he'd that. play good Craven. But I, like, who would you get him if you're going to go the whole Wakanda? He's Aquaman. <clears throat> sure, but um, if you're going to do the whole like Craven's like you know an exiled Wakandan, who do you who do you think you'd pick for that? Like, obviously. It have to be. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Like, he, uh, now I'm blanking on his name. You guys are literally just talking. Jason Momoa. He played a fantastic. Uh, I don't even know what you call him. Like savage type person in Game of Thrones. Like you just do a little spin off of that, and that's Craven the Hunter. Like he, I think he'd be okay in that role. Granted. You know, he's already involved in all the superhero stuff, so I don't know if he would actually take on that role in general, but I think he'd be all right. Yeah, this one's really, this one's tough for me. I struggle to even come up with who, there's probably a ton of people that have like, that's fan the thing. cast for it, but I just, I don't have one just off the top of my head for him, you know? I, I feel like if we're going Wakanda, like Exile... And it's like a one-off, like, you know, he, he's going to die because that's what they love to do is in these movies is kill the villain in, you know, a weekend's worth of time. Give 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 me Idris El- Elba. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Idris yeah. Elba. If you're going to go that route. And then um, if you're not going to go that. It, oh, that's right. My bad. But he could, yeah, it doesn't matter. He yeah. could be two. I mean, he could be two. Damn, that's right. Okay, here's the one that I've heard on Twitter. Chris Pine. Give me Chris Pine. Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris is... Pine. Chris Pine <laughs> is all of Heart the characters that I haven't cast yet. Uncle Ben and Craven. <laughs> and Mr. Fantastic. Uh, so here's the one that I've been hearing floating around on Twitter. Joe Manganiello. Um, oh, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Yeah, because he go. he plays uh he plays what's his name? He was gonna play uh. Oh, he's in, in, he's in both League. Magic Mikes. Oh, yeah. Who he, is he going to play Death in Justice Stroke? League? He did play. Yeah, he was going to play Deathstroke. That's what he was going to play. I, I'd I be like, down with that. Give me Joe like, Manganiello. Like, like it John. doesn't matter. Isaac's right. That's who it needs yeah. to be. Okay, it doesn't okay, matter. Right, well, well, I'm going <laughs> to get off then. I'm going to get off then. Good night. Have a great night, guys. Um, no. <laughs> no, I like. Uh, I actually like John Boyega. That would Ooh. be a cool pick. Um, or Harold Perrineau from Lost. Which one is he? Here, he's uh, Michael. Oh. His son, Walt. Okay. So both of them are... A, Boyega would be a little younger. The other one that I was thinking of would be Daniel Kaluuya, because he played... Um, oh, He was one of the guards that turned on um, Ch- T'Challa in Black Panther, remember? He was the girlfriend of... Um, Denai, the boyfriend of Denai Guerrero's character. Um, it would be cool if he like changed his name. To Craven and like to get back at the Avengers, he goes after Sp- Spider Man. Hear me out. Hear me out. Rain Wilson. I hate that, Mark. You you gotta sell me on this because I hate it right out the gate. I hate I, it. I gotcha. I got you three things for you. Three. Yeah, Bears, hold on. Beats and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Bears, okay. Beats Battlestar Galactic. Here's actually Mark. a fan cast that I've heard several times on Twitter. Uh, Ran Wilson as Doc Ock. I'd be in on that. I'd be in on that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, you don't think of him as like a diabolical villain because he's general. I mean, he, in the office, he's hilarious, but 
I think he'd actually be okay. I don't. I don't I hate that. It. Mm-hmm. Any other comments on uh, the future of Spider-Man? Uh, give me Joe Manganiello as Craven. That's what I want now. I've I'm so, investing all into Joe Manganiello. Oh, last question. Last question. Do you think that the Avengers Tower is Osborne's or the Baxter Building? Ooh. I think go, going off Man. what you said about Sony not wanting to invest, um, it's Baxter. It's there. It's Baxter. Yeah. It's Baxter building. Yeah. I, I I think so too. I hope it's Baxter. It would make sense if it was Osborne because it's a Spider-Man movie, but I hope it's Baxter, dude. Seeing the Fantastic Four in this MCU do, would be Do you think awesome. do you think the MCU has hired their Fantastic Four? Do they know the Fantastic Four knew who they are right now? You mean the cast of New Girl? Oh my gosh, Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> The cast of New Girl knows that they're the Fantastic Four. Isaac, real talk. I, I'm all in on that. Yes. I'm all in on that. Like, Wait, I'm not okay. even joking to you. When we talked about this, are we saying that the actual characters that are played no, by no, the, no. Actors the, the actors in New Girl the are the, the Fantastic yeah, Four? I would love it. Or the actors are playing, the, the four main actors in <laughs> well, that New was, Girl are playing that was the Fantastic the question. Four. Like, Is it going to be the actors or the cast? Or, sorry, no, the cast I'd, or the actual character? I would like Zoe Deschanel to play that character because I think she could do that well. Um, Max Greenfield, Max Greenfield would be really, really good as a villain. Um, but yeah, the other two don't. If Jake Johnson were to play uh, Peter B. Parker, I'm all in on. Like literally, if you like, as I look at the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse cast, all those guys could play the real versions of themselves, and you could just do a, a again another cartoon version of. Peter Porker and have um Mulaney come back. Like they could totally do that. But no, I I wonder if they do know who this Fantastic Four are because the Hall Hall H appearance is next week. Like I wonder if they know. I wonder if they know and they're gonna it that would bring the roof off the building. I, I still think the better chance of who you'd know for, you know, Sue Storm and Reed Richards would be Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I think that those would, are those yeah, are the would, solid like if you had the odds on in Vegas, those two would be top for those roles. Well, and no one's going to complain if it's those two, right? And Chris like, Evans is no one would complain. <laughs> oh my gosh, Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Perfect. I actually liked him as Human Torch. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was. He was good. It's just good. those movies are they're not they don't hold up these days. Um second post-credit scene, we get the revelation and we didn't talk about him all movie. I mean all all episode, excuse me, but that um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill were actually not themselves. They were being played by scrolls the entire movie. Did your guys' jaw hit the floor again when you saw this? Yep, and not a little in, bit. Not in a great way necessarily. Like I didn't hate it, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like to me, like like you know, looking back at it, it kind of like on. Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. It seemed like he was, you know, Sam Jackson was playing himself, playing Nick Fury. To yeah. like, did, yeah, right. Do you At think the end like of it, he did that on that purpose? And it almost makes sense. It's like, oh, well, that's why he was acting so weird the whole time. Yeah. Which and is, then I'm sure, it, why they did it that way. Then but. why, like, did, at the end of Endgame, when he meets up with Captain Marvel again, does Captain Marvel bring him up to that ship and like? 
Is so he this playing is to, like create sword or something. Let me get in. Hold on, real quick. Let me get into my reality stone theory, real quick. So we're gonna put the reality stone bumper right here. The reality stone. Okay, so every week we try to do uh, different theories or different things like that. So this is for the reality stone, also known as it, House of Mark. I was just gonna say that you stole my thunder, <laughs> dang. Um, but here's here's my theory, Mark and Isaac. And Mark, I think you're gonna love this theory. Captain Marvel. It's very explicitly described that Nick Fury does not go by Nick. What does Maria Hill call Nick Fury at the end of Infinity War in the post-credit scene? When the car turns, what does she yell at him? She yells Nick. She yells Nick at him. Go back to the clip. If you watch the clip, she goes, Nick, Nick, as the car turns. Now, obviously, we hadn't seen Captain Marvel yet, but they were filming it at the time, and I think that's why they put that line in there. Fast, go rewind even further back into into Age of Ultron. Nick Fury's having dinner with them. He cuts his toast diagonally. And Captain Marvel, he says he does not like eating his toast diagonally. That's an explicit detail that he tells Joe Danvers. But the nitpick on that, the Ultron one, technically he cut a sandwich into triangles. Doesn't matter. Here's my theory. My theory is that she took him up after the first Avengers. When he realized there were extraterrestrial threats... And he saw that the people in S.H.I.E.L.D. were all going to be bad. And after, after what's it called, um, Winter Soldier, after, after it all collapsed, he went up. That's my theory. My theory is after Winter Soldier, he went up. And that in Infinity War, he didn't die. That Talos died. Talos was the one that disappeared. And I think that Fury's been up there for a long, long time. Well, then I would like to piggyback onto that, which was the one I wanted to talk about, where, you know, it's, we're going reality stone here. So it's, you know, it's a what if, you know, what if, if, if your theory, if what you're saying is true, what if at that same time when Tony is found by Captain Marvel and brought back, what if they made a pit stop and Tony got dropped off there because he needed to talk no way. To, to Nick Strange. So then the Tony Stark that died at the end game was a scroll. No. No. Oh, so my 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 no. theory is far fetched, and yours is the totally accurate. And correct. The reason you're right. no no no. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm the dirt, reason I'm dirt, your theory it. is tar- is far fetched is because that would take everything emotionally out of Endgame. It would, wouldn't it? It would take everything. <laughs> That's out of all. Him. Whereas, about like, Marx is Nick ready Fury, to mess with people's minds. But if Nick Fury's been tinkering up there, then the Captain Marvel two movie could be before Infinity War. Yeah, but and you it know, could be how what he's smart doing up is there. Nick Fury? to be able to tinker and stuff when he wants someone really smart to help him tinker with his ideas, someone that would be willing to do what he's thinking that needs to be done. Your theory is what's the word I'm looking for? Stupid. Stupid. That's the word I'm looking for. It's very, very stupid. Max, and I say stupid. <laughs> and and while we're at it, what if like all the Avengers like are scrolls? And what like if they the are? whole and they series is like that they're all scrolls, you know? Themselves. Yeah, what if everyone's yeah. a scroll? Yeah, what if everyone's a scroll? The only person that's real is Peter Parker. What if Peter Parker's the only real person? Spider Man, and that's why. He what if Uncle Ben's a scroll? We don't even know. What if Uncle Ben's a scroll and he didn't actually die? Nobody cares about Uncle Ben, Isaac. Be okay. quiet. Okay, okay, sorry. Max doesn't, anyways. I guess. So. But guys, Uncle Ben, <laughs> Uncle Ben, where's Uncle Ben? I will never see an MC movie ever again unless <laughs> I get a five-second clip of Chris Pine dying as Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
what you're gleaning from that statement is I need a five second clip. That's not what I That's said. That's what you Mark. said. I you said you, I need five seconds of some Uncle Ben business. <laughs> Uncle Ben business. So you just tuned out as soon as I said five second clip. Yeah, basically. I'm sorry, man. I'll I'll re-listen and come back to it. Okay, okay. What do you what do you guys think of the future of the MCU though? This this one definitely is hinting at it. Um all downhill it, it from looks, here, I guess. It looks like it's a sword station. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I've mentioned that that's probably what he's building is a sword. Guess we're not all listening to each other, are we? Well, no, your theory was stupid, and so I stopped listening about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had something positive to bring to the conversation. Oh, my, all of a my bad to, you know, make oh, you think you. that, uh, you know, that I'm so <laughs> stupid because of you. <laughs> Honestly, without you, I'd be smart, I guess, right? <laughs> Honestly, I left Far From Home because of that scene, slightly puzzled. I was like, I don't know what this scene, post credit scene, does to set anything up. I don't know. It just made me more confused than anything else. And yeah, it's cool that there's a bunch of scrolls out there, it's cool that Nick Fury's. You know, up in space, but we have no idea what the crap is going on. Now, what gives Max's reality stone, uh, it's able to tread water, is this fact. If that's the case, and Nick Fury went up, that means our future movies are going to deal with space, like Thor being part of the the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And I think we kind of knew that with the Eternals coming, and yeah. And if and if Nick Fury had this thought, like, hey. It doesn't matter what's happening on Earth. We need to get this spaceship going so no one can come back and attack or, or this sword thing going so we can defend Earth. So if he has his eyes off of Earth and up there, I think that could also lead to some rogue scrolls starting to invade Earth, which could lead to an Earth secret wars because Nick Fury isn't paying attention. So I think you get two separate big stories of a secret wars on Earth and some epic space battle and space fight. Obviously, own space. Mark, do you think they're doing a secret invasion line storyline? I think you can. If you're if you're going to give us Nick Fury's been in space for a while, what is stopping from Rogue Scrolls on Earth being like, hey, screw this? I want. I think we're being treated unfairly, and like we should be able to live our own lives. And what's better way to get back in Nick Fury is by you know destroying what he tried to build and I don't know. You know I protect. I've said before, after Captain Marvel, secret invasion just didn't seem to be. The play, I think they could still do it, but it's going to be a much different uh, secret invasion than like the comic version. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be remotely similar to that. So it'll be. Here's another. Here's another theory I heard. This one comes from the um, Pop Culture Leftover podcast from Brian. He's the host on that show. So I'm going to give credit to him right here. Um, Another kind of reality stone, but I'll share it. He uh, he thinks that the Cree are going to be what invades Earth because the Kree can be pink, not just blue. And so he thinks that there are Kree amongst all of us now, so many that they could just turn and take over Earth and that the Skrulls will have to come in and help. help Fury and the Skrulls will have to come in and help them get back Earth. And then some some of the Avengers will be revealed to be Kree. The only pickle with that is who would you reveal to be a Kree? Like, I don't know who you could See, reel. That that's takes, just, that takes that's just why it. it just kind of took the meat out of the secret invasion thing. Because the scrolls can look like anybody. I, And yeah, the Kree can, but it's going to it's gonna take a lot more effort to get a Kree well, maybe to look like hey, a human. Hear me out. Maybe that's how you introduce the mutants. 
to be fake mutants at the end of their storyline and their Kree or scrolls or something. So you get you get a taste of mutants, but they're not really mutants by the end of the story arc or whatever they tell. Well, then you take a step back on introducing actual mutants, I feel like. Well, I think it's going to be pretty hard to introduce them without any, you know, society, you know, storyline with it. Like what kind of makes them and their story how they are. Yeah, mutants aren't going to be around for a while, I don't think. I think they're going Fantastic Four first. And then, because they, they gotta, they gotta get get a guy that's young enough to play Wolverine for the next decade or two. Did you did you see that? Uh, what was it? What's the actor's name? The guy who played uh, Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yep. yeah. I, 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 I dig that. And he says he's not grizzly enough. It's like neither was. Look at Hugh Jackman. That dude can sing and dance and but show Edgerton tune it looks, up. Edgerton looks just like him. Yeah, you just give him a beard, give him a big old stogie, he'll be fine. Well, then Danny DeVito should be Wolverine <laughs> if you just need someone short. Uh, I'm going to say no to that one. Unless Danny DeVito Danny can just DeVito get super Danny DeVito plays ripped. Uncle Ben and, <laughs> and Wolverine. Uh, sure, fine. He's dead, so it doesn't matter what he looks like. So it doesn't matter about Uncle Ben, then? No, it, the idea okay. of Uncle Ben is what matters. It's not who Uncle Ben is. Unless there's another idea that's better and bigger, like Tony Stark. You get Mark up past 10 o'clock, Isaac. He gets a little grouchy. Yeah, he's a little edgy. So. I, I, think, I, I think they are still doing a secret invasion storyline, Isaac. I don't know if it's career scroll still. Um, but I do think they're doing it, and I think they're setting the table for it. And now they're ev- I think they're even setting the table further with revealing Peter Parker's identity. Like, I think they're trying to make it so everybody could be a victim of this. Um, and now that a scroll could even infiltrate, like, Mary Jane or Aunt May. Probably more like Aunt May is who they would go after. Ooh, Aunt May could be a Cree. That'd be a good Cree. What? So, so what does that, the second post credit scene mean to you, Max? Because for me, it really didn't point to anything other than the fact that Nick Fury may have been up there for a while. Like, we don't even know. But, like, what, I mean, what did you think of it when you saw it right away? I think it was Marvel saying we're going to space. See ya. That was just it. Like it's not like we're heading to space. The Avengers will be going to space when we need them to go to space. But the Earth-based Avengers will have more local stuff, so Spider-Man will stay local. So his problem now is probably going to be a bigger problem overall. So like Captain Marvel is going to be up there in space. I think the Guardians are going to be the big part of it. Like it's it's going to really center around Captain Marvel, the Guardians, and Thor. Which I'm cool with. I mean, I, I'm cool with that. And I think that will give space for the Fantastic Four to breathe, for the X-Men to breathe in five to seven years. And then, because apparently the next Marvel movie, Avengers movie would be 2022, in theory. But I think if you do a Secret Invasion movie, you can just make that the Captain Marvel movie. Just make it. Yeah, just just like kind of do the Civil War with Captain America. Well, you mean when it'd be more like Winter Soldier if you think about it. I I think it would it would parallel more to Winter Soldier, potato potato. But I mean, I, I just think I think that's what they're doing. I think they're setting up Sword to be a big play, and they're setting it up when an, when like if they do Annihilation or if they do Galactus, or whatever they do, they're setting it so that Nick Fury can be the communication between Earth and that. That's what I think. Like, that is how those people from Earth get to space, is my theory. 
and it, it is interesting. What they're going to do with the scrolls is interesting. But again, this is I, I'm so grateful for Marvel. They're turning things on their head that are making me question where they're going, and I really, really like that. Because again, three, four years ago, I didn't know where they were going with any of this. But now I'm like, I have no idea, but I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. So I, I don't know, but Sword is a big player in the comics. I know that, and it looks like Samuel L. Jackson is in this for another three, four phases. <laughs> He, he, apparently he doesn't want out. So, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm, I'm excited about it. It gives more question marks than answers. And I, I for that right now, as an MCU fan, that's what I want. Especially after, like, Endgame is over and there's nothing. And you're like, all right, that's it. So now this movie creating more questions kind of leads into the next phase so well. Well, and maybe they do mostly space, but then the Earth stuff connects with the space stuff. You know, like maybe the third one, Spider-Man's looking for meteorites from space. And then the other one would be Secret Wars. That would be the other one I'd love to see them do. The Beyonder just rallies everybody and they go to Battle World. I think that'd be really cool. That would be cool. Um, I'd be up for that. Yeah, that'd be, I'd be game and for that. And then Tom Hardy's Venom. Venom. True. You could do Tom Hardy's Venom. And- <laughs> Jeez. <that, sighs> so Secret Wars, if that ever happens, though, that's like what? Like seven, eight nine years down the road. I think Tom Hardy still is playing Venom in movies by that time. Cause they're obviously going to do Venom too. Who's around still at that point. Good question. Like is even Chris, Spider-Man. is even Chris Hemsworth still around? Right. Probably. He said he'll do that forever. No way. Chris Hemsworth. Said he didn't? I mean, gosh, I, I think for sure you have Tom Holland. You could have Ben. You could have Benedict Cumberbatch. Cause that dude, I mean, doesn't age. So Cumberbatch, when he signed on his, he was four, five, and six. That was what he was told. He's like, "You'll be in Infinity War and Endgame, but you're gonna be you're gonna be all about it in the next phases." So he's obviously locked in. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, so I guess you got some big players. But I think they still gotta be quick. Like I think in this next phase or two with ten years, I mean, you think about it. If you do ten more years of films with these guys, Chadwick Boseman will be in his fifties. Chris Pratt will be in his fifties. Benedict Cumberbatch will be in his fifties. Tom Holland will be twenty five. Um, <laughs> Good one. Mark. You know, it's like I th- I feel like they have to be pretty quick in getting these. I mean, granted, they got. I mean, Tony. St- I mean, RDJ was fifty something in the last movie, so it's like, I mean, you got you got to pump these out pretty fast to get this before you know everyone looking pretty old and haggard. Same with Sam Jackson, who's like in his mid sixties. They just got to keep reloading. They just got to figure out a way to. They just got to keep reloading. And that's why you bring the younger cast. Like you, you don't want. Where, you know, I said, like, you know, Emily Blunt, uh, um, oh, frick, why am I blanking on Jim. Name? Yeah, Jim. We'll Jim. just call him Jim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, they're, they're still, like, up in, I guess they're not up in Asian. They're late 30s. So it's like, are they a solid choice? Or do you go, maybe not as young as Miles Teller, but, like, a middle ground, like, you know, late 30s? You, you could even do that with them, because, I mean, Fantastic Four is all about, like, family and, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> sure. you bring them in with kids already. I don't know. Who knows? Well, in, in in phase seven through like nine, that could be the X-Men time. Like Charles Xavier could be the big one to carry that. And then, you know, you have like a couple of your other, other little players. Gosh, by I that think, time too, though, like, well, I suppose, I mean, uh, what's his name? Mcavoy. He's still decently young and Professor X dude, is by old, that time, so he, he could, could be, be Professor he could be the X older. <laughs> And that would be the meta, like, you know, oh, they brought back James McAvoy to play X. <laughs> that would be Just epic. Just like with, you know, J. Jonah Jameson. Right. Yeah. 
Well, any last second thoughts, gentlemen, before we close out the show? <laughs> okay, so I will say a couple things before we log out here. Spider-Man Far From Home is a great, great movie. Whether you're a Spider-Man fan or not, go see it as soon as possible. <laughs> Cough Jarrett, go see it. Um, it sets up the next phase of the MCU, and it's a totally, it's a fresh take on Spider-Man, and that's why I'm okay with everything that they're doing in the MCU. It's something that we haven't seen before, and that's what they're going to continue doing with um, Peter's Par- Peter Parker's identity revealed for Spider-Man 3 or you know whatever movie he's going to be in next. Um, it's it's going to be fresh and new. It's going to be kind of weird, but I'm all for it. I'm ready for it, the next phase of the MCU. Um, I'm going to have one more question, Isaac, but Mark, real quick, last second thoughts. Um, I think we got a pretty good movie in Far From Home, and I think it's going to set up some exciting stuff with the post credit scenes and how uh, what will be the future in MCU and what will be the future of what Tony or what uh, Peter Parker will have to deal with in his next movie. Two lists I want to hear from you guys real quick. We're going to go right into our top five. The we're going at three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One list. Starts now. All right, every week we like to do the, a top five segment. This week, I just want to hear your guys' top five Spider-Man movies. And then as a bonus top five, I want to just keep track of what are your top five and top ten MCU movies, and does Spider-Man crack them? So let's start with our top five Spider-Man movies. Isaac, we will start with you. Sure, you want to start with me? Because I'm probably going to talk for a long time here. Oh, you do you. Okay. All right, here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with uh, eight. I'm going to rank all of the Spider-Man movies because I'm going to be Mark Jones and break all the rules. So my eight. No, I kept it all in a. I kept it all in a top five. I just would be like Amazing Spider-Man. The whole series would be five. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you have that no, one. No, fine. Well, I I'll be my own man then and break all the rules. How's that sound? Thank you. Um. Be, be your own person. I love that. Isaac. Number eight, my least That's favorite you Spider-Man Max. movie is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Seven, Amazing Spider-Man. Six is Spider-Man 3. And I, I will, you know, I didn't start out with a disclaimer, but I enjoy all of these Spider-Man movies as a Spider-Man fan, and I own all of them, and I will rewatch them. They're not terrible movies to me, even the Amazing Spider-Man movies, even though they're worse than all the other ones. So Spider-Man 3 at number 6. Number 5, I have Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 4, I have Spider-Man Far From Home. And I will tell you why it doesn't crack my top 3. Because I think that Spider-Man Far From Home is a very funny, charming, delightful, lighthearted movie. And what Sam Raimi's original trilogy did was they made every decision Peter Parker made feel like it was the most important decision in the world, even though it was basically just a normal teenager decision. And I didn't feel that from Far From Home. It just felt like, oh, hey, it's another teen movie. So the original trilogy hits harder with me. And so number three, I've got the original Spider-Man, 
Number two, I've got Spider-Man 2. And my number one overall Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a fantastic movie. Six out of six. Go see it. Mark, top five Spider-Man movies. Uh, Probably start with Homecoming, Spider-Man 3, Far From Home, Spider-Man 2, and then Spider-Man. Okay. My list is number five, Homecoming. Number four, Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire. Number three, Spider-Man 2. Number two, Spider-Man Far From Home. I think this one is better than the Raimi films. Um, Yeah, we've talked about it in all... Verbatim here, so I'll keep moving on with that. And the number one is Into the Spider-Verse. It's the best Marvel movie of all time. So that's my opinion. So Better, better than Thor Thor Dark World? <laughs> oh, that's a great point. I forgot that that movie exists. Oh, man. Yep. Well, that, that's that gonna transi- have to, Yeah, that's going to have to yeah. be my number one Spider-Man film, too. There we go. Yeah, I guess. Let's transition to our top five MCU movies. Um, you may may or may not have Spider-Man in them, but let's hear them anyway. Isaac, what are your top five MCU, MCU movies as of July 15th? Wait, are we doing top five first and then top ten, or are we doing just all the Let's do the top list? ten. Let's do, let's do all top just ten. the whole let's list in one? Oh, my gosh. Top ten. No, screw that. Just do top five. Or did you not come up with the top ten? Is that what you're saying, that, Mark? Did you not Did you not prepare like we talked about earlier today? Oh, I thought you guys, oh, that's fine. when you shared okay. our... Because we, we've already done our top ten before okay. on our stream. Well, I, I thought that's what he literally said... Well. Bring a top ten, like. Well, the, he literally said we would start recording at ten, and we didn't record until like ten o ten o three ten o three. Yeah, must suck. So uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess we're a bunch of Got liars here. Yep. and unprepared. Got well, it would it would have been fine. You would have just put the whole list on there. Anyway. No, J.K. So it's not. I, it's I, not I'm a ready. Big deal. I'm ready. Uh, number uh, ten is the whole MCU, uh, and that's all of them into number one as well. So I would like. Is to... there one with Keanu Reeves in it? Because <laughs> that's my number one. <laughs> Um, since Mark's not prepared, let's start with him. <laughs> oh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, Mark, you're up. Number 10. Uh, the whole MCU, all 24 <laughs> of these movies are my favorite. <laughs> what is it now? Is it 22 with Far From Home? It's 20, 20, 23. 23. I thought it was 23. Okay, 23. Yeah. Okay, Mark, so number 10. <laughs> Now he's scrambling to gather his thoughts. No, I'm just waiting for one of you guys to start so you can stop being a dick. <laughs> Mark, you have to start. Come on, Zirza, let's go. No, no, let's let's go, Max. You're the one who has the, has the top 10 list right now. Let's go. <sighs> All right. Number 10 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I think this one is better. The, one, the notable ones it's better than are Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Ragnarok, Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, Captain America 1. Uh, that's not like my order of my list. Those are just notables on, on the bot, on the back end of my list. Um, I think it's better than those movies. And this is going to be a movie that we look back as probably the best post-credit scenes of all time. Um, to me, this this is the best post-credit scene of all time, or is this movie. So, yeah. So, Doctor Strange is at 9. Um, probably the most underrated MCU movie on the list. You said that exact Beauty- same thing on our uh, Off Topic Gamers stream, by the way. Yep. I'm sure the list is the exact same after that, to be honest. Um, eight is Black Panther. Um, yeah, I love Black Panther. Seven is Iron Man. Six is Guardians of the Galaxy. One. Five is Civil War. Four is Avengers. Three is Winter Soldier. 
two is Infinity War and one is Avengers Endgame. Um, greatest comic book, greatest. Um, there's a different distinction here. There's the greatest comic book movie of all time. Just like what a comic book movie should be is Endgame. I still think Spider Verse is the best overall Marvel movie ever. Um, so that's just I just want to make sure I make that distinction. So yeah, that's my top ten MCU list. So Mark, go for it. Um, my top ten still does not include Winter Soldier. Oh boo! Um, oh well, maybe we'll just skip boo. It. Oh okay. <laughs> oh okay. Oops. <laughs> Thanks for okay. coming, Mark. Uh, well, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, Mark, go ahead. I don't want to anymore. Oh, okay. No, I put my my top ten. Ten, I would do Doctor Strange. Um, I would say, like thinking about this list, Far From Home, I think reaches into my top ten just because. Um, of Mysterio and my love for him as the iconic uh, Spider-Man villain that he is. Um, my number eight, I would do Black Panther. Uh, seven, Guardian, the first Guardians. Six, I do Infinity War. Five, the first Iron Man. Um, four, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Three, Ragnarok. Um, two, uh, Civil War. And then number one, Thor Dark World, obvious choice for number one. Obviously. But all kidding aside, it's Endgame. Endgame in my book. I, have, I haven't cried more in a movie since, uh, I mean, I like, can't even seriously, remember. It, I think I cried more, maybe like 10 plus times more in Endgame than any movie that I've ever watched combined. Like seriously, so much, so much crying. Close us out, Isaac. <clears throat> all right. Here we go. Here are my top 10 MCU movies. Number 10, I've got Black Panther. Number 9, I've got Spider-Man Far From Home. It's knocked off Homecoming of my top 10 list from previous. Um, 8, Thor Ragnarok. 7, Guardians of the Galaxy. 6, Iron Man. 5, Infinity War. 4, Avengers. 3, Winter Soldier. 2, Civil War. And 1, Endgame. Endgame made all of our number 1 spots. Yeah, that might be a clean sweep there. I wonder what Isaac and Zane think. We'll have to get them on when they decide to not skip our show. So it'll be good. So, well, Mark, aside from all your bad opinions, it was great having you on. Well, thank you. And, you know, it really wouldn't be a Infinity Bros podcast if I didn't think first the Infinity Bros universe that, you know, take the time to download us and, you know, enjoy what we have to say. And then also I have to thank my lovely fiance kelly because it obviously wouldn't be a podcast if i didn't mention her and uh, i want to wish her a happy birthday on friday hey happy birthday kelly happy birthday um isaac this was a big one for you man hope it hope uh i know the baby was probably a bigger deal than this maybe by a hair but uh we're <laughs> super glad Just that we were able bit. to make this work and get you on for the show i was really excited to hear your thoughts and you didn't disappoint thank you i have one more thing to share actually so we ran we'll a we ran a twitter poll um, over the past week. Um, in preparation for our next podcast, I said, what is your favorite Spider-Man movie and why? This is really interesting to me, okay? Um, out of 36 votes that we got in this poll, 36% was the highest into the Spider-Verse is their favorite Spider-Man movie. Far From Home was second with 33%. Like, it almost mm. tied into the Spider-Verse. Far From Home yeah. was a very good movie among comic book fans probably just in general too it's just a very good movie um 14 was spider-man 2 
and then 17% was other. And we had a couple comments. Robbie, Infinity Bro Robbie said the classic Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, so the first one. And that was it. Then we just uh, sent gifts back and forth after that. So, um, But, yeah, so I'm because I'm a statistics guy, I like to mess around with numbers and stuff like that. So that was interesting to me. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed um, all things Spider-Man and especially Spider-Man Far From Home. So if you haven't seen it, go see it now. Um, I really enjoyed also having a child last week. So that was pretty cool, too. So thank you very much. Well, as always, uh, thank you, listeners, for checking us out. We're so grateful you're making us part of your day wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, Google, Spotify, uh, Podbean, iTunes, whatever it is. Thank you. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, if you're even interested in sending us some listener feedback, we'd love to hear it. Just shoot us an email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. And if you leave us a rating on our iTunes page, we will actually read it on the air. We'd love to hear your thoughts, especially if you've got Spider-Man far from home thoughts. We'd love to share those next week. So we'll be on next week to talk a lot of hotter snot from our July 4th break. Uh, we're going to talk about Stranger Things Season 3. I'm sure all of us have gotten a chance to watch that. And then we're going to do a spoiler review of The Lion King as well. So make sure you check that out. Also, shout out to Jack Bomber Art for giving us another great uh, picture. He has the Spider-Man Far From Home logo for us. And so we hope you can check that out. Um, as always, we love you guys 3000. Have a great week and uh, have a great summer. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>